Hello and welcome to the Buying and Selling Businesses Show. My name is Phil Jepson. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor, and I'm the founder of UK Business Capital Partners. We acquire, partner with, and invest in small and medium-sized businesses to help them achieve their full potential. Today, I want to talk about why buying businesses is hard. Over the last 12 months, the idea of buying businesses has become more and more popular. There are a lot of people out there providing courses to show people how to buy businesses and more and more people getting interested in doing it. But the reality is that most of those people will never buy a business. And why is that? The answer is that buying businesses is a lot harder than people make out or than people think it is. And today I want to talk about some of the reasons why that is the case. In the last 18 months, I've looked at close to 100 businesses. I've bought one, one out of 100. Most people who set out on a journey to buy a business maybe look at five or 10 and then give up. They don't understand why it hasn't worked. And there are a number of reasons for that. The process of buying real estate as an investment, whether it's buy, fix and flip, buy and hold, is pretty well established. And the market, the professional market to support it, is also pretty well established and has been around for some time. The reality is that buying businesses in the way that I'm talking about, although it's been around for a while, it's been very much a small scale route to building wealth. A few people have done it very successfully, a few businesses have done it very successfully, but it's not really hit the mainstream until now. And one of the ramifications of that is that the infrastructure to support it is only just beginning to emerge. As a potential buyer of a business, there are seven qualities that you need to have. And you need to have all of these qualities in considerable amounts. The first thing you need is tenacity. You've got to stick at it. You've got to keep going. And that means you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe that you have something to bring. You have value to add. You have a story to tell that people will listen to. And when you get the knockbacks, some of which you might understand and some of which you certainly won't understand, you've got to be able to pick yourself up and keep going. Second quality is persistence. Leading on from tenacity, you need that durability. There's no point trying it for a week and then wondering why it hasn't worked. You've got to keep going week after week, month after month, reaching out to businesses, contacting brokers, talking to business owners, telling them the story, getting opportunities into your process. You only fail when you quit. 
and you need the persistence to keep going. The third quality is flexibility. This is not a standard process. Each business is different to every other business. Even if it's in the same place, even if it's in the same industry, each business will have grown up differently. It will have a different culture. It will have different standards. So consequently, you need to be flexible in order to deal with that. Yes, you need to have systems. Yes, you need to have processes, but you need to understand when, where, and how to apply them and when, where, and how you might need to depart from them and do something different. Fourthly, allied to flexibility is perspective. You need to keep things in perspective. You need to understand what elements are important and what elements are not. You need to know which are the hills that are worth dying on and what are the compromises that you can make because you will need to make compromises. Flexibility of thinking is really, really important. Imagination follows on from the concept of flexibility. You need to be able to come up with ideas and approaches to deal with particular situations. The more you can think outside the box and be creative, the more success you're likely to have. If you can ally creativity and imagination with tenacity, persistence, and the ability to keep the perspective, then you're starting to build a winning formula. Curiosity is really important. One of Hugh Hilton's C's, and to Hugh, probably the most important one of them, and I would agree, you have to be curious. You have to be interested. Firstly, in the market and the business, even if it's a market you don't know anything about. Secondly, in the people in the business. You need to understand what makes the business tick. You need to understand what makes the people tick. And that's all driven by your curiosity. And finally, empathy. You need to understand the other person's point of view. As we'll come on and talk about in a minute, there are some key players in these situations and you don't necessarily need to agree with them and often you won't agree with them. But what you do need to do is understand where they're coming from and understand why they're saying and doing the things they are. So buying businesses is hard because not everyone has those seven qualities. Not everyone can deploy them day in, day out, week in, week out. The first stage of a buying business process is to identify a sufficient number of businesses that you want to talk to. The second stage then to actually engage them in a discussion and get a proper conversational process running. I'm not going to talk about those two stages today. I want to talk about the next stage which follows on from that, which is once you've got a business into a proper discussion, maybe once you've even agreed a purchase price and some terms with the seller or his advisors, what about the next stage? And this is a stage where a lot of deals fall down. The part between an agreement in principle of some kind and then the deal actually concluding. And I'm really interested in this right now because I've got five deals all going on right now and all of which are at this stage in the process. So what is going to make or break those deals? 
What is going to make the difference between none happening and five happening? As you might appreciate, it's something that I've been thinking quite a lot about. And I've got four barriers that I've identified that can potentially stop me from getting from where I am to where I want to be, which is completing a successful acquisition of a good business. The first and biggest barrier is fear. Fear is ever present in these discussions and it won't go away. And the best that you can hope for is to manage it. What is the fear and who has it and what can you do about it? Obviously, in the sale or acquisition of a business, there are two main players, the buyer and the seller. And they both got to want to do the deal, otherwise it won't happen. The problem is that fear massively impacts on both of those parties. The buyer is afraid that the seller isn't telling them everything about the business, that they're paying too much money, that there's something hidden in there, which means the business just isn't as good as the seller is making out. And that means either you're overpaying or you shouldn't be doing the deal at all. And that fear makes the buyer look out for any sign on the seller side that they could possibly interpret to mean we're taking you for a ride. The seller, on the other hand, is worried about two things. Firstly, they're worried that they won't get their money. And secondly, they're worried about the future of the business once they walk out of the door. In the early discussions, the sellers will say that what they're most worried about is the future of the business. The further down the track you get, the more that flips and you begin to realize that their first and major concern is I'm not gonna get my money. Just as on the buyer side, the seller is looking for any indications at all from the buyer that suggest that there is a risk that they won't get their money or that the buyer is gonna do something to the business that they haven't openly declared and that might not fit in with what the seller feels is the right way to do it. The first way to begin to address fear is to recognize it's there and to recognize how big a hurdle it is to overcome on both sides. You can manage your own fear, firstly by getting a grip on yourself, and secondly by making sure that your factual investigations are thorough enough to find out as much as you possibly can about the business. And obviously experience of looking at businesses and looking at deals really helps with this because you understand what questions to ask, you understand what to look for. Often the answers are hidden in the numbers, not always, but generally if there are problems there, there will be clues and your job is to pick up on them. But having said that, There's no point in seeing monsters where there aren't any monsters because that will just stop you doing what could be a good deal. How can you manage the seller's fear? Well, again, first job is to understand that it's there. And by talking to the seller, you can start to get an idea of how bad the fear is and what are the specific hooks that they're hanging it on. And again, that will differ from transaction to transaction. There are certain objective things you can do to manage the seller's fear around giving them security to demonstrate that yes, they will get their money. But beyond that, we're into the realm of trust. We're into the realm of giving them confidence that you know what you're doing, that you are honest, that you are trustworthy, that you will do what you say, that you will honor your word. And you need to find every possible opportunity you can to demonstrate that 
And that could mean something like offering a concession or offering a bonus that they don't ask for. That can really help build trust and confidence. Fear is the background against which this whole conversation is being carried out. The second challenge is time. There's an old saying that time kills deals and against this background of fear, the longer things drag out, the more that fear gets magnified, the more excuses people can come up with not to go ahead. And that's on both sides of the fence. There's no point in proceeding too hastily because if you try and rush it, you will miss things. But on the other hand, you need to maintain a pace and a momentum and keep the deal moving forward. Because if you let it lose its speed and momentum, there's a much higher chance that you'll lose the deal. If those are the two big barriers, then there are two groups of people who exacerbate the risks that the presence of fear and too much time create. And those two groups of people are lawyers and funders. There are two types of lawyers that I've come across involved in business acquisitions and sales. The first type are entrepreneurs in the guise of lawyers who recognize the value of the deal and want to facilitate the deal happening. They want to protect their client's interests, but they know their client wants to do the deal and their job is to help that to happen. Sadly, those individuals are in a very small minority. Most lawyers see themselves as guardians of their client and they're there to prove to their client that they're experts and they know what they're doing. And they're quite willing to do that at the expense of the deal itself, even though it means that they'll get paid less money. Often they lack flexibility, they lack perspective, they lack imagination, they lack curiosity and they lack empathy which is probably why they're lawyers and not entrepreneurs they dig their heels in on an issue which they think is important but which nine times out of ten isn't and the reason why their clients listen to them is because the clients don't know any better it's information asymmetry the clients don't know enough to understand that the lawyer has picked the wrong hill to die on and that that will kill the deal when it didn't need to. A key challenge for us in trying to get deals to happen is managing the lawyers and their influence and that is on both sides of the deal. You've got to try and manage your own lawyers firstly but secondly you've also got to try and manage the lawyers acting for the seller. The other group of people who can cause barriers are funders. Generally, with the kind of transactions that I'm involved in, they are entirely or mainly funded by debt, and a big part of that debt will come from commercial lenders. Commercial lenders are an interesting breed because they make their money by lending money. They make their money by putting it out into the market and getting interest on it. Having said that, they are terrified of losing that money. So consequently, they only want to put it into what they think is a sure thing. And of course, a lot of these transactions are not sure things. There are risks. There is a potential that the business could go south and there are no guarantees that it won't. With the businesses I'm looking at, most of them have been trading for a long time. Most of them have got a good solid track record. Most of them are very stable. But we are going to be introducing more debt into the business than has been there before. And that ups the stakes in terms of risk. So the challenge with funders is to try and demonstrate to them that whatever risks are there are manageable. And the way in which you can do that is firstly showing them that you know what you're doing and 
in due course that you've got a track record of things going well. And secondly, showing objective information around this business and this market to prove that not only is the business going to survive, but also there are strong opportunities for the business to grow as it moves forward. None of this is easy. A lot of potential acquirers of business don't have the seven characteristics on all of them and they can't deal with those four barriers. And that is why a huge percentage of potential transactions fall down. And those of you listening to this will fall into two camps, having heard all that. Some people are going to be thinking, oh, crikey, this is all too hard. I'm not sure I want to go through all that. I'm not sure I want to run those risks. Maybe this is not for me. A second group of people and a smaller group is going to be thinking, oh, yes, I can do this. Bring it on. I've got the characteristics. I understand what the challenges and barriers are. I want to overcome them because the prize is worthwhile. And that's how I feel. The thing which gets me through the bad days, of which there are many, is that it's the prize. It's knowing how great it feels when it does work and seeing the opportunities that these businesses present. If you're with me in that, the message is keep trying, keep going, don't give up. You will get there. And hopefully two or three of my five deals will happen and I'll keep you posted about how that goes. For now, this has been Phil Jepson and this is the Buying and Selling Businesses Show. If you're interested in buying businesses, if you see businesses as potentially a good area for investment, if you want to find out more about buying businesses and this whole process, then please get in touch. Music